0: What's up, fat fam? We are into the month of March already. This year is flying by so so quick. I hope everyone is on track towards their goals. I know I am. This weekend we got the return of John Bones Jones, the motherfucking goat. Goddamn, it's been so so long since John Jones said he was moving up to heavyweight. John Jones actually said he was moving up to heavyweight back in 2013 or fourteen in an interview. And it's finally happening. But in this podcast, we are going to recap what happened in the month of February. And we are also going to talk about, of course, UFC 285 this weekend. And we're going to talk about the awesome events happening in the month of March. So without further ado, thank you everyone for tuning in. I truly, truly appreciate it. I love talking MMA, I just love it. I love watching UFC, I love watching Bellator. I love watching these fighters and their interviews and then seeing the fight play out. MMA is a life style, it definitely is. At UFC 284, how can we not talk about Volkanovski versus Makachev? Alexander Volkanovski moved up a weight class and he attempted to become a UFC double champion. He was close. But it did not happen. What a fight, honestly, though. What a fucking fight. First of all, for the first time ever in the UFC, fans got to see Makachev get tested a lot. Bokonoski himself, he took a risk in moving up a weight class and wanted to become a double champ. And, you know, kudos to him. It's it's um, it's very admiring for a fighter to want to move up to a weight class and challenge themselves. And especially against Islam. I mean, come on. When you think of Islam, you think of... Uh, takedown machine russian motherfucker scary ass guy and volkanovsky said hey i want that fight i want to challenge myself so you gotta respect volkanovsky for that uh what surprised me the most uh even volkanovsky said this in the fight interviews he said because of his size he's short that makashev would have trouble holding down volkanovsky and we saw that we saw that in some of the rounds volkanovsky defended some takedowns And even in the 5th round, Volkanovski was on top, landing ground and pound on Makashev. That was surreal to see. As far as a rematch, because everyone's talking about a rematch, I say, first, let each fighter defend their title once, then we can talk a rematch. But for two champions to have a rivalry in two different weight classes, that's super awesome, honestly. It's super awesome. But Volkanovski has some work to do, and Makashev has some work to do as well, but... Geesh, all the lightweights, when they saw this fight, I'm sure they were saying, wow, Makashev is human. He is human. So everyone's going to be studying tape now on Makashev. But Makashev, this fight is only going to make him hungrier. Whether who, I don't know who he's going to fight next. He's probably going to fight the winner of Charlie Oliveira versus Daruj. Maybe Poirier will get thrown in there. Who knows? Who knows? And as far as Volkanovsky, he's going to fight Alex Rodriguez. And yeah, let's talk about that fight at UFC 284. Alex Rodriguez submits Josh Emmett via triangle choke. Rodriguez, he's just so talented, honestly. His striking is so awesome to watch. And now he's the UFC featherweight interim champion. Second Mexican champion in the UFC. What's up? His striking is next level, as we all know. His fight with Max Holloway is still one of the best fights, honestly. He brought the fight to Max Holloway. He really did. Rodriguez versus Volkanovski will be interesting because of the size difference, I think. On the feet, I think Alex Rodriguez can definitely land his fancy kicks on Volkanovski. It's going to be interesting to see how Volkanovski will handle that. If he will get frustrated and try to knock him out or if he will try to take him down. Hopefully this fight happens in Mexico because the UFC needs to return to Mexico. I mean, pandemic bullshit is over, you know, so now UFC is back. And they're coming back all over the place. I mean, last year, they went to France. You know, they obviously came back to, uh, came back to Vegas. Uh, they went to Australia, you know, for UFC 284. And Mexico needs a UFC fight. And I want to go. Goddamn, that would be awesome. So UFC Mexico, uh, Alex Rodriguez versus Volkanovsky. Throw in uh, Brandon Moreno, too, versus uh, Alexander Pantoja. Uh, UFC Fight Night, Vegas 69. We have to talk about Erin Blanchfield. See, she submitted the former UFC strawweight champion, Jessica Andrade. Erin Blanchfield, she's a beast. 23 years of age. And, you know, after the fight, Erin is talking about, hey, I want to be the one to defeat Valentina, this and that. Well, if Shevchenko does beat Grasso this weekend, I definitely see the UFC booking Shevchenko versus Blanchfield later this year. Erin Blanchfield, her grappling is just so, so dominant. I mean... It's evidence that she is strong. It's evidence that she has been grappling for years. I mean, she says in her interviews that she has been, you know, fighting MMA, grappling, kickboxing, boxing, just training all of martial arts since she was a kid. So for her to fight at the highest level at 23 years of age, it's surreal to see. It's inspiring to see. And the sky's the limit for her. Erin Blanchfield, title shot. Let's go. And last weekend a few days ago actually yeah a few days ago uh, UFC Vegas 70 uh, I got to talk about Tatiana Suarez she submitted Montana de la Rosa by guillotine choke Tatiana Suarez is still undefeated she's 9 and 0 now she was a I think a very well not I think she was a very great wrestler in high school and I think she tried out for the Olympics or was had a freestyle record and she was dominant a dominant wrestler she's from here the the state of California and she took 2021 uh, almost four years off because of injuries and no one knew if Tatiana would come back but she did come back at flyweight 125 pounds and she looked great Uh, she submitted Montana Rosa by guillotine choke but Tatiana Suarez says that she wants to move back down to 115 pounds and at 115 pounds Tatiana Suarez has wins over Carlos Esparza the former UFC strawweight champion, and she has a win over Alexa Grasso, who's competing this weekend for the UFC flyweight belt. So Tatiana Suarez is legit. We don't know who she, she, she's gonna face next, but uh, in the rankings, I mean, she says she wants to fight Rose Namajunas. I think that might be too soon, but uh, who fucking knows, you know? She could fight the winner of Angela Hill versus Mackenzie Dern. I think that would be a great fight. We will see, but hey, let's get into UFC 285. Holy shit, John Jones is returning. John Jones is returning. My boy. When I first started watching Mixed Martial Arts in 2011, John Jones had barely become champion. I still remember that fight with Shogun Hua. 23 years of age, John Bones Jones looks to become the youngest UFC champion. Damn, he fucking annihilated Shogun Hua. So throughout all my college years, I got to see every John Jones fight. First and foremost, Jones' skill set is amazing. There's no doubt. He's gifted. His reach is so helpful in his fights. His elbows, his kicks, his spinning attacks, his takedowns. He's a great MMA wrestler. He out-wrestled Daniel Cormier, an Olympic-level wrestler. And yes, John Jones, his last couple of fights with Diego Santos in 2019 and Dominic Reyes in 2020. He didn't look like the talented fighter he is, but honestly, based on all these interviews I'm watching right now, I've been watching uh, Henry Cejudo's channel a lot. He breaks down great fights, and he's been also hanging out with John Jones a lot. And, anyways, John Jones interviews. He says, you know, based on what I'm hearing and speculating, it seems to me like John Jones lost some motivation in his last fights of his stint at light heavyweight. We also have to remember that. Most of his fights were title fights. I mean, he was fighting the cream of the crop, the best. But now he is back. He has taken the time, the time, the time, the time to bulk up to heavyweight. He used to fight at two hundred and five pounds. He used to walk around two hundred and twenty-five pounds, two thirty pounds. Now he is weighing close to two hundred and fifty pounds. His opponent, Cyro Gain, Gain has a Muay Thai background, and a lot of people don't know that. Cyrus Gain is an Absolute monster on the feet. He's undefeated in Muay Thai, thirteen wins in MMA. He only has one loss, which is to Francis Ngannou. And I saw that fight live at the Honda Center last year. It was amazing to see uh Cyro Gain. He got wrestled fucked by Francis Ngannou. Honestly, I saw that fight live. Like I said, Ngannou stuck to a great game plan though in taking down Gain. And yes, Jones can definitely take down Cyril Gain. I am just very curious to see if this fight. Does go to the ground? How will it turn out? Will classic John Jones unleash ground and pound f- and elbows from hell? On my Twitter, I recently posted a tweet that said, "John Jones will land vicious ground and pound elbows on Cyro Gain. It could happen. I mean, we fuck. I'm so excited for Saturday, honestly. But as for Gain, he's crafty. He's he's even got three submissions on his record, two in the UFC: an arm triangle choke and a heel hook. He even attempted a heel hook against Francis in their fight, but I gotta go with John Jones. I gotta go with John Jones. And yes, maybe he looked a little slow in his last fights, but I gotta go with John Jones. His his skills, his wrestling, his uh, elbows, his spinning attacks, his elbows. Imagine this fight. This fight will go to the clinch by the cage. John Jones can land those vicious elbows on Cyril Gain. How will Cyril Gain react? Cyro Gain needs to be ready for those spinning attacks. Cyro Gain needs to be ready for that sprawl. Cyro Gain needs to be ready for that reach. If Cyro Gain wins, that would be awesome, right? But my pick, John Jones, put the money on it. Let's go. Coleman event of UFC 285. Valentino Shevchenko versus the Mexican Alexa Grasso for the UFC Women's Flyweight Championship of the World. Alexa Grasso is a beast. I've been watching her since her UFC debut. She, she she's a beast. She is a beast. She trains at Lobo Gym MMA with one of my good friends and former teammates from Santana College, Carlos Goku Arana at Lobo Gym MMA in Mexico. Alexa Grasso, her special skill set is definitely boxing. Right today, I just po- uh, a few hours ago I just posted a post on my Instagram of Alexa Grasso and. Uh, The caption said, you know, what if Alexa Grasso does become the first female UFC champion in the UFC? How awesome would that be? Hey, let's dive into the breakdown. Shevchenko is my pick right off the bat. Honestly, I think her striking will be too much for Grasso. Specifically, her leg kicks. Those leg kicks are nasty. She's got great, great head kicks. She knocked out Jessica eye with that fucking head kick. Her teep kicks are awesome. Her spinning back kicks are awesome. And if Grasso does decide to return with kicks immediately, they probably won't be a match for Shemchenko. But for Grasso, she has great boxing, she has to use it easier than done, right? And no, she does not have knockout power, but her in-and-out movement is great to see from Grasso. She uses boxing combinations and then lands some kicks at the end. Her footwork is really good. It honestly is. But... My concern here in this fight is If Valentina does take this fight to the ground Which I think she will Valentina could submit or TKO Grasso Let's not forget that Valentina dominated Jessica Andrade with grappling She dominated Shukagin too uh, if, if Grasso does win I see her winning by maybe stealing three rounds With point fighting With her boxing And avoiding those takedowns Avoiding those judo trips from uh, Chevchenko. Grasso has to make this a dirty phone booth fight because her striking is not as good as Chevchenko's, honestly. But Grasso just has to bite down on that mouthpiece and tell herself, I am fighting the best flyweight on the planet, and I'm going to bring this fight to her Mexican style. Chingazos, putazos. She has to be confident in her. Boxing, she really truly does. She has to be ready to block those kicks. She has to be ready for that sprawl. And if she does get taken down, fuck, homegirl, get up. Let's hope that wrestling is there. Let's hope that wrestling defense is there. The offense is there. Uh, Who knows? Maybe Grasso could end up on top of uh, Valentina. We saw that with Valentina and Taylor Santos last in her last fight. You know, uh, Taylor Santos was landing some good. Ground and pound on Shonchenko. But my pick, Shonchenko by TKO or submission. But hey, I won't be mad if Grasso becomes the first woman from Mexico to win the UFC belt. A uh, UFC belt. But there it is. But yeah, talking more about the main card of UFC 285. There's a fight. There's actually a fighter on this card who's nearly perfect. A few days ago, I posted a picture of Shafkat Rock Homanov on my Instagram page. Shavkat, he's gonna win. I think he's gonna beat Jeff Jeff Neo. Shafkat Rakhomonov is undefeated. 16 wins, no losses, four and no in the UFC, all finishes. In his last fight, he submitted Neil Magni by guillotine Choke. Oh yeah. Every fight on Shafkat's record is a finish, by the way. You heard right. You heard right. As for Jeff Neo, he's fought some of the best. He's a very experienced UFC fighter. He's coming off a KO victory over Vicente Luque, so that's a good win. He also beat Bilal Mohamed, a top contender at Watchaway back in 2019. Jeff Neal is a game opponent. He really is. But Neal has to get in Shavkat's face with the striking. He has to move forward. Uh, let's hope he does. But on the ground, Shavkat, I think he's just going to dominate. You know, that's that's what I think. I think Shavkat is going to remain undefeated. He's going to go 17-0. Let's see if Shavkat will get another finish, you know, because from here on now, shavka will only fight good competition. And not to say he hasn't fought good competition, but the level of competition is going to get tougher. I mean, uh, come on, you know, Walterwei is beast, you know. Uh, Shavkat right now he's ranked number ten. Oh, he's actually ranked number nine. He's behind uh, George Masvilda, Jorge Masvilda, at number eleven and he submitted Neil Magny, right, who's number 12 now, but look, up the list, we got Vicente Luque, maybe shafka could uh, fight him, or I don't know if he fought him already, uh, Sean Brady, uh, Wonderboy Thompson, Gilbert Burns, Gilbert Burns, Vlad Muhammad, Kamza, Kobe. where the fuck is Kobe at, man, fuck, my guys, motherfucker, he hasn't even fought, man, I'm I've lost faith in Colby Covington. I just hope he fights by summer, honestly. But shit, got off track. Shavka, rock, homin' up. He will win. He will beat Jeff Neal, I think, by... I think he will win by TKO or KO in the third round or second. On this main card, we have two lightweights. Mateus Gamrot versus Jalen Turner. The lightweight division is awesome. It really, truly is. Let's look at the rankings, you know, because... The champion, Islam Akachev. Number one contender, Charlie Oliveira. Dustin Poirier at number two, who's fighting Rafael Fisiev. Uh, oh no, shit, I got confused. Justin Gaishi, who's ranked at number three, is fighting Rafael Fisiev. Dustin Porria is at number two. Benir Darush is at number four, who's fighting Charlie Oliveira. Michael Chandler is at number five, who's fighting Connor McNuggets. At number seven, we have Gamra. That's right. Okay. The lightweight division is rolling. Gamrot is a beast. Gamrot's fight, Matheus Gamrot's fight with Armand Sarukian was beautiful to see. Honestly, that's one of my favorite fights of 2022. The wrestling scrambles were so amazing. Do me a favor, ladies and gentlemen, go on YouTube and type in Matheus Gamrot versus Sarukian highlights. Gamrot is coming off a loss against Beneo Darush. Yes, that was his opportunity right there to fucking get that title shot, you know? So of course, when Dan Hooker pulled out of this fight, who was Turner's original opponent, Gamrot said, put me on coach. And for those of you who don't know, um, Gamrot, he trains with Poirier. So for sure, he is getting quality championship level training in every fucking day. And Gamrot's ankle picks are amazing. You know, I just got to put that out there. He displayed some of those ankle picks against uh, Sarukian. I think he even attempted some against uh, Derouche. But for someone to pull off ankle picks in MMA is just unheard of and very awesome. Uh, And I think Gamrot's going to beat Turner, honestly. Turner, he's a long, lengthy guy. He's 6'3". 6'3". At lightweight. 6'3". Holy shit. His last fight, he submitted Brad Riddell by guillotine choke. Turner is a fucking sniper, though. This is a tough matchup for Turner, though, Honestly. Because Gamrot's takedowns are relentless, so Turner has to be ready. And in one of Turner's interviews, he said, yes, I know Gamrot shoots from the outside, I have to be ready. But Gamrot's takedowns are so, so quick, honestly. And yes, he does shoot from the outside, which means that any opponent can see those takedowns coming. But when you're quick like that, it doesn't even matter. You get the motherfucker down, you know? This fight is definitely Jalen Turner's toughest fight to date. Uh, you know, both guys want to move up in the lightweight rankings to eventually, you know, fight for the title, you know Uh, but I got Gamrot winning by decision with his wrestling The first fight on UFC 285 on the main card is Bo Nickel Bo Nickel, for those of you who don't know, actually go check my story right now on Blast Fight Life on Instagram Bo Nickel Three-time Division One Wrestling National Champion from Penn State University This guy's a fucking beast, honestly Okay, go on my Twitter right now Blast Fight Life and one of my most recent tweets i retweeted uh a highlight of bo nickel which which includes all his three fights or or four fights uh and i think all his three or four fights are under like fucking four minutes i mean this guy's this guy's a beast he, he he knocked the guy out in his first or second pro fight and then in the contender series he had two fights he got a rear naked choke and then in his last fight i forgot the opponent i Dana White Contender Series, he fucking submitted the guy with a triangle choke for a division one wrestler to win an MMA fight by triangle choke off his back is amazing. It just shows how fast Bo Nickel is learning. But let's be real here, you know, UFC is giving Bo Nickel a guy who they know that he can beat, you know, uh, Jamie Pickett, man, Jamie Pickett. Pickett really has to win this fight, you know, because he's lost two fights in a row jamie pickett has to be ready to sprawl i mean easier said than done but hey good luck and i, I sincerely mean this for, for for jamie pickett you know good luck trying to sprawl on a three-time division one wrestling national champion a guy who's been wrestling since he was in diapers fuck Nickel by tko or submission and it's gonna be a good start to the main card ufc 285 first card on the Main card, Bo Nickel versus Jamie Pickett. All the hype. And Bo Nickel's going to win. And then he's going to fucking get on the mic and say, I'm a fucking beast. Oh, I want a top 10 guy next. Come on, Dana White. I can picture it already. I really can. Okay, last fight I want to talk about that is on UFC 285 is Cody Garbrandt. Cody Nolov Garbrandt. The former UFC bantamweight champion. Man, Cody Nolov was a fall from grace, honestly. Okay, in 2016, he beat Dominic Cruz. Then he got knocked out by TJ Dillashaw twice. Pedro Munoz beats him. And then Kai of France knocks him out in his flyweight debut. Well, it's good that Cody is getting an unranked opponent. Because that's what he needs. And uh, this unranked opponent, Trevin Jones, he's coming off of three losses. So, Trevin Jones knows deep down inside that the UFC wants Cody Garbrandt to win. You know, because Cody Garbrandt, you know, he's a... He's... He can be a guy that the UFC can still market. You know, he's still young. I think he just turned 30. He's a former UFC bantamweight champion. So, you know, they could put him on some fight night cards, etc. Main event slots. But, Cody, man, please win, bro. Like, what the fuck? Cody fights with emotions, honestly. In his fight with Pedro Munoz, Pedro Munoz was throwing haymakers. And Cody Nolov said, fuck it. I'm going to throw balls to the wall punches, too. Cody is so talented, though. He has good wrestling. He really, truly does. He was a very good wrestler in high school in Ohio. Actually, I want to see Cody wrestle in this fight. That would be awesome. But I got to go with Cody on this fight, you know. And, yes, I might be biased because Cody's cool. You know, he, he's a good fighter. He's talented. I've been watching him fight for a couple of years now. But, uh, fuck, Trevin Jones knows that he probably has a chance to knock him out, you know. Trevin Jones' game plan is definitely, hey... I'm going to make Cody emotional and knock him out because Cody's chin is sus. It really is. But I got to pick Cody Nola by decision. Let's go. Goddamn. But honestly, UFC 25 is going to be so awesome on Saturday. It really, truly is. I'm so excited. I mean, come on, Jon Jones. He's fucking returning that heavyweight. Holy shit. Goddamn. But hey, we got to talk about uh, the upcoming cards in uh, March. I mean, it's already March. We obviously have UFC twenty five next weekend, fight night. Peter Yawn, the former champion at bantamweight, versus Davalishvili. This is a good fight for the bantamweight division. The winner will definitely get a title shot. The winner will definitely get a title shot. The winner will get the the winner will fight the winner of actually. What am I saying? Sugar Sean is ranked at number one, and we know what the UFC wants to do with Sugar Sean. You know. Um okay, I got to let you guys know that I have I follow MMA Joey on uh YouTube and I'll cut straight to the chase. The UFC's plan, a theory, a theory is that they want to give Sean O'Malley time, months to prepare his wrestling and s- submission defense to fight either uh Davalishvili, Aljo Sterling if he wins or Cejudo if he wins cuz uh, we saw that fight with uh, Marlon Vera, right? And uh, fuck, that's another. Marlon Vera's fighting satin hanging on March 25th. God damn, so many fights on March. Okay, next weekend. Peter Young versus Davalich Feely. Main event. Great fight. UFC 286, March 18th. The trilogy. Kamara Usman looks to get his belt back against Edwards, who knocked him out in the fifth round. And in the co-main event is Justin Gaethje versus Rafael VCEF. The last time Justin Gaethje fought was uh, when he got submitted by Charlie Oliveira in Arizona. I was there for that fight live. So cool. So cool to see. And on March 25th, we have Chito Vera versus Corey Sandhagen. Another important fight for the Bantamweight division. It seems like the Bantamweight division right now, it's basically a tournament. I mean, you got Cejudo versus Sterling. You got Sugar Sean right there at number one. You got Yan versus Davalish Fili Kapani next week. Then you got uh, fucking Marlon Vera versus Sanhagen, right? So good things coming in March, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very good things coming in March. And fuck, I love in May, you know? And April, holy shit, April. Israel Adesanya versus Pereira. Shit. UFC kicks ass, honestly. Well, hey, everyone... Thank you all for listening. Honestly, thank you all for following Blast Fight Life on Twitter, on Instagram. Keep on messaging me on Instagram, on Twitter. I love talking MMA. I really, truly do. Keep commenting on my post. Um, Keep talking MMA. Keep voting on my polls. Uh, For those of you who don't know, my name is Ezekiel. I go by Lil Zeke. If you all want to follow my personal page on Instagram, it's Little Zeke125, L-I-T-T. L E Zeke 125. I love mixed martial arts. I love training. I love wrestling. Wrestling was my first love. High school wrestling, college wrestling. I train jiu jitsu. I train judo. I train muay thai. Shout out to my gyms, Rounders Mixed Martial Arts in the city of Santa Ana and 10 Planet Mission Viejo, where I train judo and muay thai. And I'm just so excited for the future of the UFC, okay? Everyone, thank you all for listening. Share this podcast with your friends. Share this podcast with, uh, your teammates, at your gyms, okay? I will make another podcast in March, recapping all of March. So stay tuned. Blast Fight Life is out. Thanks, everyone.